Hey, James here, and welcome to PowerWorks Light with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. This is a light podcast, as in, we've gone in and we found some cool stuff. We're gonna bring it to you. We're gonna bring it to life for you. It's it's fast, it's sweet, and it's just gonna excite you beyond, beyond. <laughs> of course, go down into the details here in the PowerWorks Light podcast. And you can find the link to the larger, longer show. But hey, you know what? This is going to be a lot of fun. And I want to kick things off with Glenn and his PowerPoints rant. It's all about Skoda. You're going to love it. Here we go. This is PowerPoints with Glenn Power. So, if anyone listened to last week's episode, I think we referenced it. And I was supposed to send this through to you, James, so I apologize that I didn't do that, but you know me by now. So what I was going to do was talk about fuel consumption. And I'd gone into quite a bit of detail, done a bit of a couple of references from papers, scientific and some anecdotal stuff, and, and then some sort of more pop culture kind of these things you can do to help with fuel consumption. And then I thought, that's boring, everybody does that. Yeah. And I was a little bit unhappy with it, and I'd put it off and put it off. And I was typing through, and I'd seen the billboard for the new Skoda Kamiq. Again, we referenced that last week. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and I couldn't believe the price on it. And I thought, you know what? The other thing with that is that's going to have like a two-liter engine in it. Like the whole VW family's got, and it's going to be a fantastic car for fuel consumption. And, and a lot of the times, when I mention to people when they ask me about a car to buy or what do I think of X, Y, or Z. I always mention fuel consumption. Yeah, like that's that's got to be on the top of people's minds. Yeah, and that's obviously the Brit in me because it's ridiculously expensive at home for fuel. But also, it's the fact that fuel consumption doesn't just mean impact on your wallet; it means impact on the environment, which is key. Mm. And these days, I think it's more so than ever. But everybody always comes back to me and says, yeah, "But fuel's not expensive here," so it's like. What? That's not the point I'm making. Like, and and I feel sort of, why do I have to go on about? No, your emissions are down if you're using less fuel. You're saving the planet. So again, having seen the billboard, we got a visit uh, by Ian, who brought one of his Skoda Fabias in, and dropped that one off and took his other away. And we were just chatting away, and I was amazed that. When I mentioned this new billboard about from the Kamek and said, look, at least somebody seems to be doing something about selling them. He said to me, having bought three over the years, he had never had a single contact from a sales executive or anyone from the organization that sold him the cars saying, oh, we've got a new model. Would you like to come and test it? Man. And he's bought three cars from them. Like not many people buy three cars from the same place. You've been here a long time. You bought two. Mm-hmm. He's bought three. And it just made me think, what's going on? And there there should be more Skodas on the road. There's a few cars out here that there should be more of them on the road. And the Chinese cars, are, and, and I don't know the names well enough, and most people don't know the names well enough with respect, so we'll group them together and everybody knows what we're talking about. But, you know, things like the Geely's and the JAC's and the JMC's, Cherries and all these things, there are more and more slowly coming on because people appreciate the economy of them in mm. terms of buying them initially, and they come with relatively small engines, so they're cheap to run and cheap to maintain. All well, the Skodas are there, but they've got heritage, and yeah. they're 
built by VW. They're a VW product with a different badge, so you're getting all the quality that VW and Audi have been known for. All the engineering. All of the engineering, and often they released their model equivalent of the VW or Audi or Seat last. So you might get the new Fabia, which would be the Polo, come out after the Polo. So you might end up with six, seven months of testing on the Polo and the early versions having issues as they're initially sold and then the Fabia never has those problems. Mm. And they're probably 25, 30% cheaper. Go figure that one out. And it's crazy. It's badge. It's the badge. So, so I, I'd come up with some points on, on this and this applies to most, most things that, that you should think about. But for me, there has to be something going wrong. Why, why, why are there not more Skodas on the road? Now, the elephant in the room is, well, we're in Dubai, and the UAE as a whole, and it's not quite the right image. I appreciate there's a bit of a dogma with the whole Skoda thing and, you know, the old, mm-hmm. the old jokes about a skip with wheels and all that stuff, but that's not the case anymore. And when you consider the price of them, the technology on them is European standard, the emission standards on them. European standard. You see trucks going around here bragging about Euro 2, Euro 3. Yeah, yeah. Well, these were Euro 7. It's a completely different ballpark. And then, even if you have a problem with the looks of them, and you can't quite handle having the badge, and I know people that have actually said to me they won't buy a car because of the badge, mm. and when they liked the look of the car, they asked me how much it would be to take the badge off and smooth the panel out. Wow. But anyone with an issue with the looks, go and look at the new Skoda Superb. Probably the best name I've ever heard for a car. Yeah. It's an absolutely superb car. It looks the part. It does all the jobs. And the, then there's the VRS models, which give you the performance and the sport. You handle and feel, and it's very understated. Like most of the VW stuff, unless you go to, unless you go top end like the RS stuff and from Audi. But most of the VW group stuff is very understated. Even even the Porsche stuff until you get to the GT3s and the RSs, yeah. they're very understated and. They've got all the power, all the performance, all the technology. And I just think there's a lot of people out here that probably overlook them because they don't know where to buy them. They don't necessarily want to buy them because they think, well, I can't be seen driving a Skoda. And that could all change if the people selling them educated. Right. Now, obviously, they can't put a Skoda billboard up and say, Volkswagen Golf, X price, <laughs> Skoda Octavia, X price, and it's the same. Yeah. They can't we, do, we can't that. do that here. Same but tech, same shit. They yeah. can't do that, right? But there are ways about educating, explaining that it's a VW Group car. I think I think that's like one of the number one things. People do not realize yeah. that Skodas are really VWs. Yeah, and look, at the end of the day, anyone that's ever listened to any of these knows that I'm a big VW Group sort of mark, and, and that's always going to be a car that I recommend to anybody and oftentimes it's heart overhead but most of the time it's a sensible choice and for me the Skoda is a no-brainer at 70,000 dirhams for on the road brand new latest I mean and we're talking the latest technology Skodas are, are specced very well you can guarantee more airbags than, than most of the current vehicles in that se- segment. The, the, the price will be less. You've got the fact that 
the servicing's cheap, your impact on the environment is cheap. They're built in factories in Europe often that have massively, massively more strict regulations on them. So you have a position where you can buy a vehicle from an Asian country which might not have those same strict regulations or a vehicle from a European country which has strict regulations. So it's less carbon impact on the on the world when it's being built. It's less carbon impact on the world when it's driven. It's less carbon impact on the world as a service. And they tend, they tend to last very, very well. There's nothing that you could do as long as you're servicing them that would say they won't last as long as a Mitsubishi or they won't last as long as a Geely. So for me, things have to start with educating people about them. I think the importer and the distributor here have got a lot to answer for on that. They need to make sure they build up on the communications. And if Skoda doesn't speak to you and you live in Dubai, then I think the time will come that hopefully that does change. I don't think it's sort of imminent. I agree. I, I don't think they're going to be over at Dubai Mall on the Grand Parking. I don't think there's ever going to be Skoda's left outside. It's always still going to be your G-Wagons and your Lamborghinis and stuff like that. Okay, cool. No problem. But for me, it's a sensible choice and there has to be something more done by the distributor to keep a brand going because there's a there's there's absolutely no reason not to buy one and I cannot think of a single reason that makes any sense you know we're in a in, a, in an area that we're in now where everyone's supposed to be body positive and positive about this and never say a bad thing about your personality or anybody's physical attributes etc etc well let's transfer that to a car and then there's zero reason not to buy a Skoda <laughs> So you've all seen Skodas around. We all know they're around. Why aren't we driving them? I mean, really, truly, what gets in the way of you getting behind the wheel of a Skoda? I mean, they got cool names, right? The Yeti. (laughs) I mean, I want to drive around in a Yeti. It's that simple. Um, What can I say? What can I say? It's, It's an odd thing. Going from Skodas to yet another love of our lives, speed bumps... And supercars, I mean, who's got a supercar these days? You want to drive a supercar? Of course you want to drive a Lambo, of course. Glenn and I had a little chat about supercars. Let's let's jump into that. But uh, the, the thing is, so we're at the Royal Hotel. Yeah. There's these monster speed bumps. Get on. right in a Lamborghini. And, and I, you watch those things come in on the speed bumps and you watch them go over and it's like, yeah, pray, pray to God you're not behind him because the guy goes so slow because <laughs> he's going to take out the front end. And I watched one well, come down. Well, that's the time to overtake one. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's like, you? you come up beside it, you, you rev the engine, vroom, vroom, and then you, you, you attempt to do a burnout over the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> guy gets out and pummels you. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I have to admit, I do like a Lamborghini. It's I, always, always nice to... To see now, that we still make and sell cars like that. Now, here's something interesting. Maserati, and uh, we, you know, we look at Maseratis and we see what they've done. And, and so they've got a new one that's come out that's got the wing doors on it. I, I, I haven't seen one in the flesh, but I'm looking at it. And I'm going, yeah, it kind of looks like a Lamborghini. Hmm. But I've only seen it on the billboard. I've seen the doors up. I've seen it from the side. I'm just going, it's got the profile of a Lambo. 
So I don't know what it's going to be like. So one's copied, all right. Yeah. So I don't Can know. Can't get noticed. That's right. I don't mean. I mean, the Quattroporti leaves a bit to desired, and I don't like. Is it? What do they call it the? I can't remember the name of the big one. Not the Stelvio, is it? That's the. Yeah. Um, no, that's the Alpha. But they do that that big thing, the four by four, SUV, whatever yeah, it is. I, I don't know. They just leave a bit to be. It's it's I, lacking it's, on the looks for me. It's not their market. I, I I mean I know everyone's got to do it. You've got to get into the the four by four market, and mm. everyone's at Rolls Royce has got one, Bentley's got one, <laughs> you know, uh, Lamborghini's got one. You don't really have a choice. Yeah, yeah, they're all making them. Yeah, so it's yeah. anyway. I still think it would be a lot of fun to see the supercar doing the full-on over a speed bump just to see what happens. Now, the reality is probably it's never going to happen because there's so much technology in cars today that the car is going to sense that there's a speed bump and it's going to put on the emergency brake and just say, sorry, sorry. It's going to come on with a recording, a little hologram on the dash. Sorry, dumbass. We're not going to let you hit that speed bump at this speed. (laughs) Can I be the hologram? I want to be that hologram. Technology and cars. That was another conversation Glenn and I had. Let's jump into that. Here we go. Technology that we managed without for a long time. I mean, I'd be interested to know. I'm sure there's people working on this. I'd be interested to know how many people have accidents through changing lanes without warning or without checking, sorry, yeah, yeah. since and then oh, I'm, I'm before s- this tech. I am certain that because you just see when people are backing up now, they don't look behind, they're just looking at the camera. They're, they've got all this tech that they don't think about the blind spots. So then you go to a car that doesn't have that on it, yeah. late model of something, you're, you're a goner because you're so used to the backup technology yeah. and you're so used to the warnings. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The camera technology, especially the ones that have the overhead, so they've got them under the mirrors and the, and the wide lens on the front and back, so you can effectively get an overhead view of the car. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. But like you say, <laughs> over-dependent. And, and manufacturers do everything they can, short of removing the cameras totally, and put check surroundings, do not rely solely yeah. on the camera, various yeah. different... They tell you over and over again. Yeah. And it seems like you have to forget it. I don't need to... Don't I'm just watching the screen. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're like this all day anyway. Yeah. And, and since the pandemic, we're like this and communicating like this. You know, you've done podcasts with Jenna over Zoom today and we yeah. used to do them all through the lockdown. A lot of people conducting education and meetings on the screen. People just doing it. I mean, getting a Tesla. Well, I, first thing you notice now is the screen. Yeah. Well, the thing is, backup cameras are the one that killed me, and, and people are so reliant on them. I see someone backing up. I, I stop. If I'm walking or if I'm in a car, I stop well away from it because I don't know how far they can see and if they're looking and do their sensors, are they going to pick me up? So they're going to they, I just can't chance it. Yeah. I mean, that, that, whereas if someone's looking, they got their head over the shoulder. Oh, I see Pike away coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, we've. We've got a situation where we, even when I started in sort of early 2000s, the smartphones didn't exist. Right. So, you know, you were on your phone to send an SMS yeah. or make a phone call, and that was it. That was, and it might yeah. have had a VJ camera on it, which was like... <laughs> it's so bad. Know, take a picture of your mate on the toilet just over the top of the cubicle as a joke, and that was it. You know, and you'd take you five minutes to send it to somebody. cost you like 75 pence. <laughs> but we... We were not of the screen 
everything's dominated by a screen now. Yeah. So anyone that's going to learn to drive now has spent 17 years, if 17 is the age of driving in the UK, probably spent the last 14 years of that on screens yeah. and totally trusting of them. So um, the sort of closest I can think of as an analogy to that is on the Golf 5, when that came out and I was working at VW, it had um, bulb warning systems on it. So the the bulbs were what we call cold monitored. So turn the ignition on and it would send from the central control for the electronics, it would send a very, very small current to all of the bulbs. And if it came back, it knew the circuit was okay. If it didn't come back, it knew a bulb was blown or assumed a bulb was blown. Yeah. But either way, that bulb wouldn't work. So bing, check front right headlight. Right. Check number plate light, whatever yeah. it was. Nice. So a car would come in for a service and this is what you do. You drive through the workshop door, you'd press the horn, work the wipers front and back. Whoever was around there would know therefore that you're about to do a service. They'll stand in front of the car and check the lights for you. They'll then go to the back and shout out and check the lights for you. All there or brake light not working, whatever it is. Yeah. And that was just how we did it. Very yeah. efficient and everyone Easy. knew what they were doing. If you were walking across the shop, somebody pressed the horn and you see the wipers going, check the lights for them. Now I get in a Mark 5... <laughs> press the horn do the washers in the car park no warning light drive it in I know there's no bulb out yeah. I can check all of the bulbs except for the brake bulbs on my own but I don't need to because there's no warning light yeah, yeah, yeah. I trust the tech right <laughs> and I, I'd done the training on it and I trusted yeah, yeah, it Yeah, yeah. so then you've got Graham who's 50 at the time saying what are you doing you've not checked the bulbs <laughs> Not check the lights. There's no warning, Graham. You don't know that's true. That could be faulty. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a point, right? And we're saying exactly the same. Yeah, you yeah. don't know that, that those cameras are fantastic. Some of the some of the resolution on the screens now and the camera quality is better than TV yeah. 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. And it's fantastic. But we're sat here saying it's better to turn your head, just, which it is. Just verify. Double check it. But they're very good and they don't have blind spots. You know, you can go to a junction in a car. And and you can physically press it on, on a lot of cars. You can choose the camera, and if it's a blind junction or you're going down a small alleyway, you know, like in Jumeirah or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. and you can see around the corner where you can't actually see from the seat. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. Works better than your eyes. Yeah. Sees further, can see around corners. But <laughs> see in the dark. We're saying, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're saying don't trust it. Yeah, it's tough. You know, they've had headlights for 15 years on VWs that... And, and definitely the same on Mercedes that will pick up cars coming the other way and dim them down automatically raise and dip if they yeah. pick up a car so you don't blind the car coming the other way yeah, yeah. the worst part about that is that car's not doing the same <laughs> to you no oh, isn't that the most annoying thing but you know probably 10 certainly 5 maybe 10 years where they've had driving down a country road in, in, in the UK and, and as an example a deer runs across the road or hear a camel in the night and you yeah. don't see it, the, the vehicle sees it with the radar and yeah. it will point the lights at it and slow the car down. Yeah. That's amazing technology. It is. Amazing technology. Technology is everywhere, but what happens when technology fails? Or what could happen if the entire world was to go no technology? It was going to go low tech. It was, it was going to go walking dead. What would happen to our cars? Been watching The Walking Dead? They're not driving anything good. Glenn and I really can't figure out why that is. Like, why 
didn't Rick or why didn't Negan or why didn't Daryl jump into, you know, the Ferrari dealership or, you know, the Mazda dealer or the Mercedes dealer and just grab the best cars out there and cycle through them. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's jump into that conversation and figure it out. So, but you know what got me thinking about when I was watching that episode was what happened? They used to have some fun cars and and they're, you know, Walking Dead, obviously time has progressed. There's, there's like nothing that when they, I loved it when they had the, the motorhome in that season, the Fleetwood Flare motorhome. Yeah. But (laughs) it's a horrible thing. But it's, there's, there's like no cars right now. There's nothing. They got the motorbike, but there's no cars. There's no vehicles. It's, it's gotta be one of the only shows that even when it did have vehicles, it wasn't showing them off. Oh no, that motorbike's still going. I've never seen him service it. Yeah. <laughs> what are we like ten years well, in? Yeah, he was having trouble Come starting on, it. He was having trouble starting it on that. But it, then it did kick over after how many how many times? And I don't know. But I mean, the thing for me is, I, we had a conversation with a customer the other day. I was like, look, one of my sort of sins in life is watching awful TV shows, and one of them's a Walking Dead. And it's like, look, unless you guys, I'll say to the long blue in the face that I take a Volkswagen over anything else. But unless they were driving around in we all know it. Unless they're all Toyotas, yeah, they're not running now. It's like you see them get the big Ford trucks going. No chance. Not a prayer. I'm actually looking at this. There's a couple. They have. They had a couple of Beamers in the early days, and oh, in the early days, no problem. But then there's a lot of Cadillacs. There's a lot of Chevs. I, I just don't, I, I'm unless a, they're all running around like like the like the like the C10 stuff, yeah. the big old proper old trucks. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You can fix those as long as you've got oil to put in them. You put anything right. in those. But come on, <laughs> unless uh, un, unless it's a Hilux, you know, which still screwed to the side of it. There's no way, no and, way. That I guess that's what, where it's gone because people are just kind of going. There's no way these cars are going to be running. Yeah. They should have just gone with it. They should, we said last week they should they should have some iconic cars on it. Why not? Why not? Why have they not gone to a car showroom? <laughs> well, uh, I wondered about that too. Like there's got they got to be sitting there. Yeah, they've but you've got never, to be. they've never walked into a car showroom. Straight into a car showroom. You know, find a manual that you can sort of bump start. Yeah, obviously, the fuel's no good at this point. But why has nobody been spinning around in like <laughs> Lamborghinis and yeah, I know. Porsches? Never seen any. <laughs> Atlanta. I missed a chance. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's where Rick is. Yeah, he's gone. He's just like <laughs> whatever. Found a showroom. Yeah, he's found like he's, he's at the GM factory in Canada. He's like yes, <laughs> spinning around in Corvettes. <laughs> could be. Could be. I just thought it was interesting. They should have done that. Definitely should have done. Yeah. That. So there you go. That was PowerWorks Light. Hope you enjoyed it. You know what? You want to listen to the whole podcast? As I said, scroll down into the description of this podcast. I've put the link there. Keep following us, Potaholics with a K across all the socials, the James cast across all the socials. We'll be back with you really, really soon. Thanks for hanging out. Share the link. So long for now.